Hey guys, welcome back to the Road to Madness podcast. I'm Matt Giglio. I'm Mindong. 58 days until March Madness tips off. And we know it's Monday. We know Top 35 came out, but we had to do an emergency podcast because we have a very special guest on today. It is UMass star Josh Cohen in the house. Josh, how you doing today? Fellas, what's going on? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's just start off. Um, you've had a fantastic college career so far, but we got to take it back to day one. How did you get into basketball? Who was your who was your favorite players growing up to watch? Um, my dad got me into basketball. He he played at the Division three level, um, and he played in a very competitive league. And um, we, growing up, I all I knew was basketball. Um, I played a bunch of different sports, but I really my, my main sport was basketball. Um, and when I was growing up, so like whenever I would get sick, my mom could never get me to sit down. So like even if I was sick, I was running all around the house and um the only way she gave me to sit down is if she put on michael jordan tapes so i watched michael jordan my whole life and he used to stick his tongue out so like i would do that and like my parents would always get like nervous that i was gonna like bite my tongue off or something but um yeah i always watched uh michael jordan and and i, I kind of just tried to follow the footsteps of my dad definitely and playing high school in new jersey definitely competitive um we're both from massachusetts but we've seen new jersey ballers very competitive so coming out of high school, how was that experience like? And uh, how many schools offered you uh, in high school? I had a whopping two schools offer me at a high school. Um, I had two Division One schools and one Division Two school. Um, so I, I didn't have. I wasn't highly recruited. Um, I, I really, I really, I only had two offers at the Division One level. Um, I picked St. Francis, Pennsylvania. Uh, it was the best decision I ever made. Um, looking, looking at it from you know five years later i guess it's it's crazy to think about that now um but yeah i mean jersey high school basketball is in my opinion better than anywhere in the country um especially at my year we had guys that were you know first round picks and uh different things going all five-star basketball players all over the place so um that got me prepared uh it, it was a uh my high school basketball experience was it was a great experience but cba um uh, we had a, a really good team my senior year and you know, my sophomore, junior year, we were good. Uh, it's it's a story program, so I, it was a blessing for me to play for them. Um, and then, you know, I went on to St. Francis, Pennsylvania. Yeah, for sure. Like you said, you committed to St. Francis, Pennsylvania, and you redshirted your freshman year. Uh, what was the process like being a redshirt? Yeah, it was wild. I never heard of St. Francis, Pennsylvania. I committed to the school because of how great the people were. And I get out there, I have to redshirt my first year. It snows like crazy or you know, it's, it's your freshman year, you know, you want to play so bad and you had to sit out and wait. And, uh, you know, I, uh, my, my red shirt year taught me so much. Um, I'm so blessed that I was actually able to do that. I, I, I got to see basketball from a different perspective. I'd obviously been playing so much my whole life and it kind of put everything on pause for a year. And I was able to step back and really realize how important basketball is to me and how badly I wanted it and how much I wanted to work at it. So, um, taking that year off, you know, and being able to, you know, work under coach Grimmel for a year and, and learn his system and, um, you know, have coach Helton develop me. It just, it, it couldn't, uh, it couldn't, it was the greatest thing that could have ever happened to me. Definitely. And going to talk about those next two seasons real quick. You speak of development definitely showed in your game, uh, that next year, 5.7 points per game, 4.6 rebounds per game. And then the following year, Went up to 12.9, seven rebounds, 1.8 assists, and you also earned NEC Most Approved Player of the Year. Talk about that process of these 
uh, two years prior and how just kind of development worked and how you worked up to NEC most improved player? Yeah, I mean, it. I had so many good people in my corner. It was, it was my dad. So I like the, the funny thing about me is I was 5'11", 5'10", leaving eighth grade. So I really, I was a point guard. I was a, you know, I played, when I played for my dad my whole life, I played the point guard position. And then when I went to high school, you know, I grew eight inches in two years. So I went from being a, a guard to a big. So it was pretty like, like an easy transition for me. Um, just cause my dad had been so, you know, he was a big himself. So it was kind of easy. You know, he kind of just showed me the ropes and I had another guy, uh, uh, coach Dave and, and coach Billet at CBA, they, they started to develop me at a uh, CBA. So it was like a long, it was like a long, long four or five years of me, you know, really getting comfortable as a big, but I was able to see both perspectives. So going into my freshman year, you know, it was COVID. We, I think we only played like 20 something games and there was no fans anywhere. Like there, like fans couldn't come to our games. It was really weird, but it was another developmental year for me. It wasn't in front of any fans. So I was able to really like, you know, understand college basketball, but I, you know, I haven't, I didn't have that first, you know, real like college environment until my junior year of college, which is kind of crazy to think about it. You know, so I have two years of eligibility at UMass and people were like, well, you got to play so many years of college basketball. I really didn't. And I had my first year, I completely didn't play at all. And my second year, we really didn't even have a season. It was just kind of like we were playing scrimmages, it felt like. So um, those two years were really important for me in my development. You know, it was just a process from all the way from sophomore year to high school to, you know, my sophomore year of college, junior year of college, getting ready for that senior season. And, you know, it kind of all worked out for me. Yeah, uh, getting off topic a little bit. Uh, you play at NEC school. I got to ask, uh, I'm a student at Bryant, former NEC school, obviously. What was that environment like playing in uh, Smithfield, Rhode Island? Yeah, it's it's a cool environment, man. It's 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 like a when you step, you go to the gym, you're like, oh, like this is – you know, their, their arena, you know, you don't really think much about it, but then it starts filling up. And um, I played when Grasso was the coach. So they, they had a really good team. Uh, they had a guy named like Peter Kiss. Uh, it's a couple other guys, like a lot. Uh, I think his name was Hall Elijah, maybe. Yep. They had at center. So they had some really good players and they ran us out of the gym. But uh, Brian was always a fun team to play. Um, it was a fun place to play. Uh, especially like it seems like everybody's pretty much into basketball there too. So it's, it's a good community and uh, it seems like they got good things going on over there. Definitely. And let's talk about this past season real quick. Uh, you started all 31 games, 21.8 points per game, 8.3 rebounds, 2.5 assists, block per game, NEC co-player of the year. Talk about this past season and how it really just all came together, it seemed for you. Yeah, I mean, I, I worked my ass off. Um, it was It was a long process for me. You know, going from the kid that wasn't even basically on the team his freshman year, because um, I really joined the team in late January, late January, February. Um, you know, because you know, just as a redshirt, I was a it was pretty much an academic redshirt, so I kind of I had to wait a while to be able to you know step on the court. So, um, you know, for me, it was it was a full circle moment. Um, I was one game away from an NCAA tournament. Uh, last year was, it was a great year. I, I got to basically play with my best friends for uh, a whole year and it, it was, it was amazing. Um, yeah, I, I, I had a lot of fun and, uh, our coaches were a lot of fun. We had a, we had a pretty good environment. We, we developed a good environment in Loretto, my, my senior year towards the end. And, um, we were one game away, but it was, uh, it was definitely a special year for me and my family. And, um, I couldn't appreciate the people in Loretto more. 
Yeah, for sure. And this offseason, you decided to enter the transfer portal. Uh, obviously, you were a lot more recruited. Uh, what was that process like being one of the big name transfers out there? It's crazy. Uh, I had no, I, like a lot of people, like, I, was like, I was not in the portal for a while because it's so not fun. Uh, it's, it's stressful. Uh, you really got to find like where you want to go and where you're going to fit best. And I had no idea when I entered the transport portal, I was one of those kids. Like I had no idea how it worked really. Like I, you know, St. Francis is kind of all I knew. So, you know, when I entered the portal, it was like, uh, I, I didn't know where I wanted to live. It was, it was getting down to the point where like, it was like, all right, where do I want to live? Where do I want to play? Who do I want to play for? Um, and coach Martin called me directly. Like, I think it was one day I was in the portal and he had called me and a couple of days later he was at my house, you know, already uh, doing a home uh, kind of meet. And, you know, from the first time I kind of met him, it was like, you know, all the things that I wanted in a head coach and a university, he kind of displayed and he's an amazing recruiter too. So it was just one of those things. Like I, I kind of knew where I wanted to go. Um, I had a bunch of other schools offering me and stuff, but I didn't, I really, I only took two visits, I think. So, um, you know, I, I had a bunch of schools offering me and then, you know, I kind of just, I went on an official visit to UMass and kind of waited a couple of weeks and I, I committed. Um, it, it was a, a crazy month for me, but in the end, I, I picked the perfect place. Definitely. And obviously moving to UMass means moving to the A-10. Uh, I know it's midway through the year, but how has the competition been so far in the A-10? Because when we're looking at it, we see things change every single day in the A-10. So what are your thoughts on the A-10 overall? Yeah, A-10 is a good conference. It's, it's every night there's it's a war. Um, you know, there's crazy packed environments. And uh, we played at Dayton. It was sold out. You know, I don't know how many thousand people there are probably, you know, 10,000 plus. Um, you know, we're playing at all these all these different places and we have a great arena ourselves at the Mullen center. So um, it, it's a pretty cool experience for me. Um, a lot of guys on our team are, are highly recruited kids or uh, kids that, you know, were at high majors and then came down to the eight ten. you know, and they, they're kind of like pretty regular about it or something for me, it's pretty special. Um, you know, being from a, a smaller major school, uh, being able to play at these cool environments every night and have, have an environment like we do at the Mullen center. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of just, taking it game by game, trying to live in the moment and, you know, uh, be able to play the best I can for this university. And we're, we're, we're on the track right now to compete for an Atlantic 10 championship. And we're getting some guys back this week and uh, we're getting fully healthy and we're, we're, we're ready to make a push. Yeah. And obviously uh, Frank Martin, the coach at UMass, uh, well-respected coach, great human. What's it like playing for him? Frank's a great guy, man. He, uh, he gets a bad rep. He's a, uh, you know, he's a tough dude. He's, he's intense. He, he competes. He wants to win. Um, there's nothing really, you know, there's no gray area. It's, you know, we're, we're going to go in every night and we're, we're going to believe we can win. Um, and we kind of carry that mentality. If you kind of look at our, our season so far, every single game has been a dogfight. Um, you know, except for a couple of games that we've won handedly, but we haven't lost any games by, you know, any crazy margins or anything like that. We've taken every team down to the wire. Um, we've beaten good teams, you know, we've beaten some really good teams, some big 12 teams, some other teams, uh, played some really good teams in Hawaii and they're beating some Atlantic 10 teams already. But, uh, you know, Frank's a, Frank's the kind of dude that, you know, every single thing is there's so many details to the game of basketball. And he's taught me so much already that I, I, I couldn't imagine starting from day one again. It was, uh, it's been, it's been crazy. I, I really didn't understand how little I knew about college basketball 
until I got here. Um, so he's, he's been amazing in my development of, of basketball and, um, he's, he's, he's helping lead our team right now to make an 11th championship push. Definitely. And he talked about a Hawaii tournament. How was that? Cause obviously you played Portland, you had a fantastic game, 28 points in that last game you guys had at diamond head. How was that experience? Cause not a lot of people can go to Hawaii and say that they played tournament there. It's really cool. Uh, I played there the year before, uh, so with St. Francis, we went to Hawaii as a team. It was an amazing experience. We, it was fun. You know, we lost the game, but we, you know, we got closer as a team. Then I commit to UMass and like a couple weeks later, they're like, Oh yeah. Like we're going to Hawaii. I'm like, Oh my God, I, I, I gotta go back to Hawaii. And I, I was laughing. I was like, this is, this is going to be funny. Cause like last time I was Hawaii, like it was just, you know, one of those things, like one of those games where, you know, we, I thought we could have won and then it just, we got kind of blown out at the end. And I was excited to go back because it's it's a really cool arena and it's a cool like little city they have a Waikiki. So it was it was cool to go back. It was like a twelve hour I think it was a twelve hour flight on the way there. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was a great tournament. Uh, there was a lot of high major teams and stuff. So you know we were competing at a high level and um, you know we didn't, unfortunately we didn't walk away with a win you know in the tournament. But it was a really cool experience and I think those little experiences like we had the West Virginia game we played at the Mass Mutual Center. Um, where you really only have 20 minutes to warm up because you're the second game and you got to get on the court. And then we had that same type of ordeal in Hawaii. So kind of that kind of stuff, all that stuff is preparing us for the Atlantic 10 tournament. Like how we're, like we're going to know right when we walk in the arena into the Barclays Center, okay, well, we only have this amount of time to warm up. We already know what we have to do. So that kind of stuff is preparing us for March, you know, those little tournaments and stuff. So uh, it was a great experience. Yeah, you mentioned March, lots of season left. How excited and stoked are you for the remainder of the season and obviously the A-10 conference tournament? I'm, I'm pumped, man. I This is the time of year where uh, Coach Martin said it like teams either, you know, stick together, they they fall apart. And there's no really in-between gap. You'll start seeing teams fall off. But this team is, we're, we're built for, you know, March. We're built for that kind of playoff push. We have a great mixture of young guys and old guys and um guys that are kind of doing this for the first time so everyone's really excited um and, and you know we're just taking it game by game you know that's that's one thing that i've learned uh as a fifth year college senior you can't take one game like all right we're gonna win this one we gotta we gotta focus on it. it's every single game every single night you have to prepare for you know what, what what's ahead because every team is good and you know we're we're just taking it game by game but i, I think this team is really you know built for something special Definitely. And talk about five years at this point in time in your career, what will be your own report of your game? My own report of my game after five years. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I, I've grown as a rebounder. I've grown as a defender so far this year. Um, my five, I just have been really blessed with having people in my corner. Like I had a guy named Mark flag kind of teach me the ropes at St. Francis and, he helped me so much with my development, Coach Helton and uh, Coach Krimmel. I, I, and then I come here to UMass. I have Coach Martin and Coach Edwards and, you know, Tony Regera and our weight, weight room staff. Like, we just I, – I've been really blessed to have amazing people in my corner. So, I mean, it's, you know, my family, my mom, my dad, my sister and brother. Um, you know, I just, you know, I, I've had really good support. I, I, I can't complain. And, um yeah, I, I don't really know how I would describe the last five years of, of college basketball so far for me. I think 
I think it's going to end well with with the championship. That's that's just that's my goal now. I, I've done the player of the years. I've done all that stuff, and you know, it like winning a player of the year or winning you know first team all conference is is pretty lonely. But winning a, a a tournament championship would be the ultimate goal for me, and it would just kind of bring my whole career, you know, and 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 make it something that I, I'd be really proud of. Yeah, five years is a long time, and you have a six year of eligibility. Uh, not to get ahead of yourself, but do you have any plans for that six year? Or... Oh yeah, I mean, I'm not playing at another university other than University of Massachusetts. Um, I've loved it here so much, and um, you know, I, I I I never enter the transfer portal to go to all these different schools and do all these different things. I did it for a reason, and um, you know, my reason is to go to March. So this is my best opportunity, and the team that we have right now, we have no guys with expiring eligibility. So we could have the same team next year. And, you know, that team coming into next year would be a top 50 team, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, this is this is my home now. You know? And arguably the toughest question that we've always asked our players that come on here, the toughest player that you've ever had to guard and the toughest player you've ever had to score on? Fair guard. Well, I came off the bench my junior year. Um, against Kofi Coburn, that was a that was just a problem because he's so big and like I didn't get to start on him, so I didn't really have like a feel of him. You know, he was already kind of loose and already ready to go in the game. So I would say probably him. He was the toughest guy I had to play against just because of how big he was. And, and as a junior, I was probably maybe two hundred and thirty pounds. He was like probably two fifty. Just like he was, I don't know. I, he was a monster. So, you know, playing against him was was definitely tough. Um, toughest guy to score on. Um, I don't know. We've, I've played some tough guys. There's been some tough guys in the NEC that I've had to, like, you know, some of those six, seven bigs that just are, like, strong. Um, I don't know. Uh, ever had a score on? Probably uh, – I mean, I'll probably say Kofi again. I mean, that was, that was definitely a tough game, you know, having to guard him on one end and then play on the other. Um, Norchad O'Meara, Zed Key, a couple of those guys. Um, yeah, some of those high major guys were definitely tough. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it to them. Sure. And uh, in those five years in college basketball, how has the game changed in your perspective? If if it has changed, it's changed a lot. Uh, my freshman year, um, there wasn't this transfer portal. Everybody kind of hopping around different teams every year. Um, you know, a lot of teams – it's weird to see some of the teams that are in different conferences. Like, to see Bryant in the America East is weird for me, you know, because I, I knew them as a NEC school or Mount St. Mary's or kind of things like that. The whole landscape has changed. It's, you know, players aren't staying. And, um, you know, I'm blessed that I was able to get a degree, you know, before the whole transit portal even even was a thing because I can only imagine, like, young freshman year jobs not being able to play and not being able to do all these things. Um, I probably wouldn't have – where to go but i'm just saying like just from a, a perspective like i can't i can't imagine going through this as an 18 year old but as a as a 22 year old seeing it from an outsider's perspective this this whole transfer portal and everything like that is is definitely changing college basketball and who, who knows what's going to happen you know and and when i entered school you couldn't get paid to play basketball at all you know um so now with nil it's really changed everything everyone's you know it's 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 nuts but it, it's i think it's only made college basketball better because if you look at the teams now you know these blue bloods 
can't just get every best player. You know, it's got to, you got to have some variability and, and all these conferences are spreading out a lot of different talent and different schools that, you know, have stronger NIL bases or, or you're seeing how much better they are than other schools that don't have it. So, you know, college basketball has completely changed since I've been a freshman. Definitely. And one final question before we end this thing, what would be some advice that you would have for a younger kid trying to make it to division one basketball? What would you say to them? That it's not a one day type of thing. It's not a one month type thing. You know, if you want to play division one basketball, you got to commit, you know, every single day to it. It's, you know, you got to really love it. A lot of people say they want to play in college. They want to do this, that, and the third, but it's not one of those things that you can kind of just show up and do, you know, I don't care how tall you are or how, I've seen every type of player in Division One. I. I mean, tall, um, you know, guys that are really strong, some guys that are weaker, but, you know, a lot of guys figure it out. You know, that's that's one thing, like, you know, I talked to a couple of people over the summer and they were asking me, they're starting to get recruited a little bit. And they're like, oh, well, how do I make that jump? Well, you, one of the things that I was, I was told as a young kid and it really helped me in my development is, is like every single kid that's, you know, wanting to play college basketball is practicing two hours a day. You know, you have high school practice, practice for two hours a day, get some shots up. It's how many hours are you stacking on top of those, your your baseline hours? Or how much how much more hours are you putting in to separate yourself from other people? So that was one thing that I kind of tried to do and, and put in those separation hours. And um, any kids out there that want to play Division One basketball, it's – or just say Division Two, Division Three, college basketball in general is, is tough to play in. Um, so – you know, just kind of put in those separation hours and, and, and work until you kind of start seeing results. And, uh, yeah, any any goals for your basketball career after after college? Um, I'm, I'm one of those guys, man. I, I kind of just – I put every single day and I, I try and, you know, I'm, I'm a very faithful person. I put all my faith in Jesus Christ. Um, you know, he has a plan for me. And I try not to get myself, like, too ahead of myself. I, I you know, I want to win – a championship and, and go to March Madness. After that, I'll start to figure out what I want to do. Um, I just know kind of what I want to do now is, you know, beat St. Joe's tomorrow. So, I, you know, I, I, I don't really know what uh, my basketball future holds for me, but at the end of the day, like, you know, if I can keep playing the game, uh, I'm going to keep playing the game. So it's kind of really it for me. Awesome. And uh, that is all we have for today. Josh, thank you once again for coming on. Hope you have a great rest of your season at UMass. Best of luck in the future. We'll definitely try and catch a game. I mean, I'm down here at Clemson. He's up there, Brian. So probably more convenient for him. But uh, any final words for you today? No, thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. You guys did a great job. Um, and uh, we'll uh, hopefully jump on the podcast if, you know, we win an A-10 championship, you know, from the locker room, get you guys on. And uh, we'll uh, hopefully be uh, we'll be celebrating and going dancing in March. Awesome, man. So, uh, yeah, that is all we got for today's episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, it's always March, baby. It's always March, baby. Thank you guys for tuning in. Bye.